Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. Now, on to other stories of the day. I'm sure you've seen pictures of Angela Agrizzi on social media. I mean, when I saw those pictures, I was quite horrified. You know, pipes upon pipes. And right next to him was Melinda Ferguson, right? So she then tweeted up close and uh, I think up close and personal and they tried to kill me twice is apparently what Agrizzi had said to Melinda. She then on went on to write an entire piece for Daily Maverick. I want to know. Like you, I'm sure I want to know what happened in that conversation. Well, Melinda Ferguson, author of the book Inside the Belly of the Beast, joins us now on the line. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us, Melinda. Good afternoon, Melinda. Have we lost Melinda? We probably have. So we're trying to sort that line out. So what we're going to do is to have a conversation with Melinda Ferguson, who sat down with Agrizi not so long ago, very, very recently, who is very sick. He's an ICU. He's on dialysis. He he really, really doesn't look well at all. He is claiming that that's as a result of people making an attempt on his life the question is who are those people and how did they get access to him if he was in prison he was in holding cells from my understanding and so he says he doesn't remember what happened but somebody entered into his cell in the dead of the night he couldn't see that person lights were out he doesn't remember anything beyond that what he remembers is waking up in a hospital bed, chained up and everything, but critically ill. That's what he remembers. The question is, who does he think is trying to kill him? He says this has happened twice in recent times. So as I said, we're going to be having a conversation with Melinda Ferguson, who I believe is now back on the line. Melinda, good afternoon. She's not. Okay, let's take a quick break. And if you have questions, may I ask that you call right now, 011-714-2006. What did he say to Melinda Ferguson that he has not said to the commission? In fact, what he's saying and vowing to, he says he is vowing to get better because he has a lot more now having dealt with all of this that he wants to do to disclose at the commission and he cannot wait to be back on that seat. 011-714-2006. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. All right, 011-714-2006. Like you, we don't really know what's happened to Melinda Ferguson. Melinda Ferguson uh, was scheduled to speak to us. In fact, until very, very recently, she was scheduled to speak to us. She confirmed and reconfirmed talking to us. She is the author and publisher of a book called Inside the Belly of the Beast. And this is Angela Agrisi's account of all sorts of corrupt deals that he's had over a number of years. Now, she went to see him in ICU very recently. And he is saying that they tried to kill me twice, he says. And this while he has been in custody. You'll remember that he went into prison. 
he was not granted bail. Um, he was denied bail. Um, there was there were issues around him being a flight risk and so on. So he was denied bail. But while he was in those holding cells, um, he says he doesn't know what happened to him. But somebody came in. He says he remembers hearing uh, sort of what sounded like keys into his cell. He says he didn't see anybody, but he could hear that person and a rattling of stuff and he says the next thing he remembers he woke up in hospital and it really was not a pretty sight he says he does know for sure though that there was an attempt on his life all those details melinda is meant to give to us so we we remain hopeful and we will um, make sure that we get hold of her but we'll take your calls in the meantime 011-714-2006 anonymous good afternoon Afternoon, Pamela. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for calling. Okay, look. Agrizi has been involved in all sorts of criminal acts. Yes. Yes, Anonymous. Turn him into some saint. Mm. Why are we trying to turn this criminal? Uh, that's what he was. Involved in corrupt activity. But all of a sudden, it looks like um, Agrizi is some sort of um, saint. He's sick. He's not well. Now, let me go to that picture of him on, on the sick bed and, and the book, right? Mm -hmm. How can a person who is so sick be reading a book? Not only that. He's not reading a book, man. That's his own book. He's trying to yeah, promote but, but the he's book. sick. The person, what he's... I'm trying to say is this person is so sick and yet he's granting an interview. That's my point. I tell you he, what. He's so sick. I tell you right? what. I tell you what. We may have those answers. So Melinda is apparently on the line now with us. Anonymous, and, and, stay, and stay there so that you one, can... One more thing. What, quickly, don't leave. Quickly. Don't leave. Maybe you can ask her directly. Don't leave. Yeah, one, one more thing. One more thing. Did you see that the so-called machines were not on? The Anonymous. machines in Anonymous. the hospital were not on. Anonymous. Ah. You've got to, <laughs> Did you've, you see that? You have got you have got to wait. And let's let's hear that it was a PR that, that was just a PR gimmick. That's what they they they're, they're trying so hard to turn him into some saint. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> Melinda Ferguson, author and publisher of the book called Inside the Belly of the Beast, is now available to talk to us. Melinda, thank you so much for getting back to us. Good afternoon. Well, I'm so sorry. I was driving and I just pulled over because the reception got lost. Um, oh, I'd love to respond to your caller because <laughs> fact, I was listening to what he was saying. In, in fact, that's exactly where we're going to begin because before you even came on, we had a flurry of people saying, oh, for goodness sake, the machines were not plugged in. That is a gimmick. Your response to that, Melissa, Belinda. Pamelo, I need to say firstly... Mm -hmm. I took the picture. Angelo Agritti did not ask for that picture. I had been so happy to meet this person for the first time in real life. I thought he was going to die in prison. I managed to get permission. Um, very difficult to get into ICU at the moment. Um, I managed to get permission. I took the book that I'd published I placed it on his chest and I took a picture. He did not even know that I was doing that. I thought this is a moment. We've worked so hard. This is what we've worked for. 
here is your book, Angela Gritzi, mm. the book you nearly died for. The so, machines in the background, there were machines on the other side. I didn't take this picture to prove that Angelo Gritzi is critically ill. I took a picture from memory, this moment where I meet my author. The machines behind him were not used at that point. The machines next to him, which you can't see in the picture, were in use. I mean, I don't know why people are so hung up in terms of doubting whether Angelo is sick. Let, let, let's clarify exactly the sentiments that this particular caller asked about, Melinda, because you make that point in your article to say, you know, you you initially were not keen to meet him. You didn't want to talk to him. You you thought, you know, you don't mm. want to deal with, with people like himself and so on. And when eventually you decided to do this, it was because you felt the country needed some answers. Mm. Exactly. You know, Pinello, I refused his mails for a few, it was probably a couple of months. It was early lockdown. I got a mail from Angelo Gritzi. I saw his name. I thought, oh, please, I'm never going to read what you want to tell me. Mm. I couldn't bear him. The idea of Angelo Gritzi was so repulsive to me. I'd, I'd heard his racist tape at Zondo. I was so anti him. He tried again. Again, I fobbed him off. He tried a number of times, and finally I was told that he had sent the book by his co-author, Philippa Mitchell, to another publisher. And that made me sit up and think, oh, man, you know, I better, work, I better look at this. I read his manuscript over the weekend, and I'm so blown away by what he's told us as citizens of South Africa, the intimate workings of a corrupt company called Basasa. The company that instrument, was instrumental in, 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 in so many ways in corrupting the ANC. White men who corrupted. I'm not saying that the ANC was, were these innocent people and everybody was just like taken by Basasa, but in many ways you see the beginnings of corruption, mm. of how Gavin Watson played his political um, um, affiliations with, with key people that he lured in with new cars, with money, with promises, and how the tenders started coming into the Sasa. For me, this is fascinating to see the beginnings of, of, of how our country got captured. And so, for me, it doesn't matter who Angelo Gritzi is. As a publisher, I'm there to, to put a story out that is important and of public interest. The people must be the messenger. They must open their eyes and do we want to know how it all happened or do we just want to sit throwing stones at people? He, he, your encounter and your first meeting with him, as you said, it was um, while he was an ICU and eventually you got to meet him. What was your impression of him? Are you talking about the first time, like last week? That's it. Or yeah. the first time we started communicating? No, no, no. Yeah. When you, Look, you know, you, I mean, you've been communicating for a while, but you, you first met him, didn't you, for the first time physically last week, not? Yes. Yeah. Physically, first time, actually met the author that I'd spent five months on Zoom meeting and WhatsApp calls with um, over whole of lockdown because I've been in Cape Town, he's in Joburg. Okay. Um, of course, I've been frantically worried that my author will die because I've got a book that I had published, and I want my author to be able to talk to 
the, the, the media about it. I mean, that's how one publishes. The author sells the book. You know, that's how one usually publishes. And suddenly my author's in prison, then he's in hospital, he's had a heart attack, and, my, you know, then he's in ICU in another hospital. So my stress levels over the last few weeks have been so crazy that when I got the opportunity to be able to physically meet him, um, I was so desperate to actually stand beside the man that I'd worked with for so long and have a moment. And I think anybody would want that. Um, Melinda, it was very emotional. I must tell you, I cried. I cried. I mean, I cried when I saw that he was, you know, alive and that, 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 that he was holding his book. For me, it was a moment, you know. Well, will you clarify for us, Melinda, was this somebody who had any ailments before he went into prison? So, so Angelo Gritti is overweight. We can all see that. He's 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 got many comorbidities, as we've now learned. He's got uh, he's got he's on insulin. He's uh, had had major and chronic respiratory problems. He was carrying his own oxygen mm-hmm. tank. And he was in court the day he his bail refused. So he's not a well man. But I can tell you this: mm-hmm. he was not in the position and in the state health that he is in now. Kidneys have failed. No dialysis has helped them kick back into action. He's on permanent dialysis every single day he he is on dialysis. He's uh, on a permanent now sort of full respiratory system. He's had water on the lungs recently. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday. They found water on his lungs. I do believe that what happened to him after he was led away from the court into the prison cell to what he is like now, something has been done to him. I'm I'm absolutely positive that Angelo he was not as ill the day he went down into the prison cell to what he is doing what he is now. What did he tell you happened to him? He thinks someone tried to kill him. And I don't find that unbelievable. Angelo Agritti is dangerous to the state. He is telling stories about people who are in power who do not want to leave power. He told me that he was this night in a jail cell. They put the lights off at nine nine o'clock in total darkness. He heard someone coming in the cell. He heard the clinking of the cell door opening, the metal door Someone came in, he couldn't see anything, and the next thing he wakes up unconscious in the Chris Hani Baraguanath Hospital. When he, what happened? You know, I'd love to know. He, when he says they, does he tell you yeah. who they is? Does he have any sp- no. suspicions? He doesn't to- know. He has no, no. He has, what I mean, you know, anyone, listen, in the Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly just hand back to my producers. Melinda's line is really failing us, and then we'll try to get her back. Tulani, let me come to you. You're calling from Durban. Hi. Good afternoon, Tulani. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Tulani. Hey. No, I just wanted to get from your guest as to whether does he really, does he really believe oil, oil agreements apparently? Mm-hmm. Reason being, how can one believe... A racist, a person who's been found guilty of uh, having attacked mm. some racial utterances. Mm. How does one believe a person who presided over uh, a company or over transactions 
which were just looting our country dry. Mm. How can how can just one easily believe such a person? Mm. I find it hard to believe as a result. I don't even believe that he is sick. And also, Sisi, what I'm failing to understand uh, on the on our Zondo Commission, mm-hmm. why can't you just arrest all these people? Because if one one is alleging that uh, I was offered money by the victim of keeping quiet, then we are correct as well. Mm. Arrest the one that was attempting to give. All of them are, are crooks. Uh, Advocate uh, Sakane once said, "You should not be fooled by criminals who are uh, switching things." A person yesterday was in a benefiting site. Uh, today, that he sees that is no longer benefiting, is coming up to pre- to pretend as if now he's saying. Because Jonas alleges that he. He was offered money for a ministerial position. He said nothing when he was promised money. Now that uh, the doors of uh, uh, securing position uh, were, 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 were showing closure, he's coming out thinking that I was promised money. When you were promised money, an end of crime was, uh, was, uh, was an attempt to, to, to lure you to commit a, a crime. Why didn't he act then? Why is it now that people are start acting up? We should arrest all these people, the one who are alleging and the one that is being alleged against. If there's evidence that one that is being alleged against uh, really did commit, arrest the one that uh, alleged and the one that the offer was made to. Arrest all these crooks. Tulani, Mkabisi Jordan Jonas did say at that very, I mean, quite soon afterwards that he was uh, offered a bribe. He's not, he's not, he was not, no, but he didn't wait for the commission. I think, let's be fair, yes, yes. he didn't wait for the commission. And secondly, Agritzi yes. has been arrested. So we're speaking about yes. somebody who's been arrested. Yeah, no, no I understand with Agritzi being arrested, yes. and I welcome that. So I'm, what, I, what, what I'm failing to understand is that the lie, how can I then trust that the content of the book is, mm-hmm. is truthful? When I'm talking about someone who's mm-hmm. alleging that Mama Action was being paid mm-hmm. money to, to favor Gutas. If she knew, if he knew then back then that Mama Action was being paid money, mm-hmm. why didn't he blew a whistle then if he was a loyal man that is claiming to be now? No, you know, Tulani, look, I, and I think, Melinda, you come in here. This is no saint that we're talking about. This man has got dirty hands. That's why he's arrested. So so I don't think this, this is meant to make him look like he's the victim at all. That's but that's what, he, that is what is, is, is being painted. By the virtue of having this book, we are meant to read this book to see mm-hmm. a priest as a man no. telling us the truth. The, and the man that the is, book? No, the, the book doesn't book? paint because him as good. It doesn't paint him as good, Tulani. The book is not painting him as a saint. No. Tulani, the, the, can I talk? Yes, yes. Go ahead, Melinda. Melinda, go ahead. Okay, so <clears throat> the book is far from painting uh, Gritty as some kind of hero. Yeah. He is almost doing, I would call it a confession. It's like a long very interesting confession because he tracks his own culpability, his own his own part in the in the belly of the beast. And the belly of the beast is Busasa. Mm. Now, he is not pretending he never did he, he was you know, Gavin was very clever, Gavin Watson. Yeah. He made his people sign. He never put his signature on anything. You know, Gavin he had people that were great supporters and he had almost what I call the handmaidens of Busasa, who were doing the dirty work. And Gavin was clever. He never, ever got his hands dirty. He would get Angelo to sign almost everything. 
Now, so, now the, there's all this proof against the Gretzi, and Gretzi is not disputing this. What does? And um, I don't think he, he's got anything to lose anymore. I mean, he's lying on. A, I was going to say death row. I mean, he's literally lying between death and and, and life. Mm. And he put his book out, and I think that that's probably what his what his aim has been is to actually just come clean. He comes clean in the book, you know, and if people haven't read the book, they can't assume that he's going to try and verify himself. Hmm. Let's continue to take those calls, 011-714-2006, or your voice notes on 0614-104-107. We're in conversation with uh, Agritzi's publisher and author, uh, editor, uh, Melinda Ferguson, and we'll continue this conversation after the headlines at 2.30. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Melinda Ferguson is an author and a publisher, and uh, she is the editor of a book called Inside the Belly of the Beast. She also published this particular book. It's by Angelo Agritzi, and uh, we know very well that this is the man that uh, sang like a canary at the Zonda Commission. He has been arrested. He is at the moment in ICU, critically ill, and Melinda had a word with him a couple of days ago. Um, Those pictures were all around social media, and my conversation with Melinda is all around what happened in that ICU unit. What did they discuss? Melinda, thank you so much for staying with us. Can I ask, I mean, he, he talks about um, having the will to live because he does want to get his day again at the Zondo Commission. Does that mean that he feels that there are certain things that he left out that he should have said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There are more bombs to come. There are more bombs to explode. And the other thing that he's supposed to do, he's supposed to cross-question Nombula and Dudumiyeni and a number of other people. Remember the witness, the person who goes and makes the allegations mm. at Sondo, um, like Nombula and Makunyani can cross-question him mm. and he can cross-question her. That is the process. And so Angelo has not been able to cross-question the people and they would, I think, probably want to maybe cross-question him. But, Pamela, the, the, the one thing one must realize is there's not one thing that Agriti has said at Zondo that has, not, that has not been true. People must phone in and say, what has he said at Zondo that has not proven to be true? So this is, you know, Zondo doesn't just allow people to go and run off and make allegations. They've got teams of investigators that are investigating allegations and they're vetting them. Melinda? So whatever people personally feel about a Gretzi, I, you know, I understand that. Hate him. Say he's a racist. He's a corrupt person. Whatever they want to. They need to listen to what he is saying beyond how they feel about him personally. Mm-hmm. Sandy Sile, you're calling from Bloemfontein. Good afternoon. Sandy Sile? Afternoon. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead with your question, Sandy Sile. Um, good, good. It's actually not a question. Mm. It's, it's more of a comment more than it's a question. Okay. I haven't read the book, but I read the article that was, I think it was on Daily Maverick over mm. the weekend. Yes. I read that article. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the problem that we actually faced with here mm. is a paid journalist. You, they, they, this uh, Melinda Ferguson, she was referring to this uh, self-confessed racist, who's also a corrupt uh, criminal, a greasy, they're they, they referring to him as a whistleblower. I don't understand how do you refer to a criminal, a self-confessed racist, as a whistleblower. And now, 
after reading that article, the only thing that I could understand from that Daily Maverick article is that there's a problem with paid journalism in South Africa. It's a big problem because now Melinda is trying to push her narrative with these criminal cartels, and I don't know, I don't know, they consider South Africans as stupid or as... as Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. Okay, I think that is Sandy Sile who may have uh, put us on hold by mistake. Melinda, your response to that? Well, firstly, I haven't been paid for that article. Um, I thought after I visited Agritzi, it would be of some interest because there are many people who are saying what's happened to Agritzi. He hasn't got a voice. He can't, you know, he's not going to be talking to media. He's very ill. It, for me, was was an opportunity to put a little bit of a bird's eye view into that hospital ward. And, of course, I'm also trying to sell books. And there's nothing wrong with that as a publisher. Um, one, one, that is what one's job is. You know, you, you, you publish a book and you want people to read it and you want, because it's expensive to make books and you want people at least to make your cost back. So I wanted people to get inspired to perhaps be curious about the book. Um, in terms of him saying, the, the caller saying that a, a whistleblower mm. must be perfect, whoever said that the whistleblower, the messenger, must not be with fault? Many people who are whistleblowers have got histories of, 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 of being corrupt themselves or being part of something that was not savory. That is the, there's no rule that says a whistleblower has to be a perfect person. And who are any of us to call ourselves perfect? This is my argument. I'm a, I'm a person who's got, who's got many flaws. I'm a recovering addict. I've, I've done many bad things in my life. If I can't afford someone else the opportunity to come and in some way have a Damascus moment, then who am I to, to judge? So I think people trying to judge whistleblowers as though they're supposed to be some kind of perfect human being, it, it, it's actually really not what whistleblowing is about. Felix, you're calling from Nelspreet. Good afternoon. Hello, Felix. So much for taking, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Nobody is trying to make Angelo Agrizi his hero. In the name of God, Angelo Agrizi is already a hero. Have you, have you read the story of the, in the Bible of Saul who later became Paul? He was a criminal. He was going arresting and killing Christians. But he had a change of heart. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's what it means to be a hero. That you are once a criminal, you knew what was going on. You acquired so much money. Yet you turned around. Yet you said, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to continue this criminal life. I'm going to expose everything." That's what it means to be a hero. That's what it means when you actually repent from your sin. And that's what I call a hero. And I don't understand why anybody in his right mind will call on air and say, "Angelo agrees is a criminal." Yes, he's a criminal. But this is a man who is trying to make it right, to tell us the truth, to reveal, to expose everything that has gone wrong. I don't know anything about what has gone wrong because I was never part of it. But we should, we should actually praise this guy for him to turn around and tell us all these dirty secrets. He is a hero in my own eyes. Felix there in Nelspreet. Melinda, what if he doesn't make it to the Zondo Commission? Has he 
disclose to you things that he says that he wants to tell the commission? Uh, Angela would love to. He always spoke to me about having three books. <laughs> he said, you think this one's explosive? I've got another one. And so I said to him when I saw him in ICU, I said, you know what? You need to start writing. He can't even sit up without someone helping him. He's, he's, his body has failed him. His body was not in a good state before all of this happened. And his body is now really weak and um, unable to actually hold itself. So I said to him, you, should, you need to start writing so that he's got some world to live. I mean, you know, the thing is, when you are really ill, you can also lose the world to live. And I'm trying to encourage him to keep on going so that he can tell the next story because he's got plenty to tell. I'm not going to go and disclose. You know, we had a lot of legals on this book. I can't disclose the things that he wants to still um, disclose because I could get both of us sued, Pamela. No, so I'm not asking you me, to disclose them now. I'm asking if you actually have those on record, whether it is a recording. I'm not saying that you must disclose them now. I'm just wondering if you have them, that information. I know some of them. Yeah, I know some of them. Um, but I'm encouraging him to now go for the next stage. You know, I said, right, start your book. You said that you're lying in, on a bed in prison. The, the the gates is shaking. Someone walks in. You know that's a, that's the next book. Mm. I do like what your previous caller said, saying that people are allowed to have a change of heart. In the book, um, Agritzi says how Gavin Watson offered him fifty million rand not to be a whistleblower. Fifty million rand. That's a lot of money. Angela Agritzi said, "I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go and tell the truth." He's at death threats. He's had people hating on him. His family has had death threats. His life is in danger. He's not having a good time. This whistleblower who's who's put himself on the line to tell us the truth, I think deserves some kind of respect, even if people hate him. Melinda, how do we know he didn't take the 15 million rand? I believe that he didn't. I believe believe that he didn't. Listen, I mean, everybody at Basata was making a lot of money. I mean, that's the truth. You will, if you read the book, you will see the insane amounts of money that was, that were being paid and were being paid as bribes. And Gavin Watson was earning 5.2 million a month. You know, these people, there were, there was a disgusting amount of money consumed and paid out from the coffers of Basata. KGM, thanks so much for holding. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pemi. Good afternoon to your guest and to the listeners. Look, uh, let me give you two cents of my my worth. One, your guest, obviously, naturally so, she will have to defend and protect her work like anybody would. As it is, she's working. And her job is to make sure that her book sells so she can sensationalize she can do exactly what other journalists do. What I, where I differ with her is to say, journalist, um, she, she didn't get paid for anything. You get paid, my dear. It's your job. Don't be shy about it. The second point is this. We, okay, we, I'll tell you what's, what's really going on here. Okay. I, I would love to interrupt you there. Do you know that I paid for the prints of this book out of my own pockets? Because the media house, the publishing house that I was working with, got scared at the end and dropped me. I took my own money and I paid the printers for this book. I have not, I mean, whether I one day make some money, I hope I do. 
that at this point I'm minus a whole lot of money. And so we, I'm not trying to say that I, you know, I'm not getting paid to make you feel sorry for me. I have put my own financial risk into this book because everybody else was scared to publish it. No, good. G- g- granted. I mean, it's your business. I'm, I'm in the same boat where I have to put money mm. as a risk to, to make business. But can I say my second mm. point? My second point is this. There's, there's too, ma- too many and too much of holier-than-thou uh, isolation in South Africa. We are blinded mm. by, by race to such an extent that there's no black person who has the right to tell a white person when they are wrong and vice versa. And this is robbing us of the opportunity to cleanse ourselves as a people. And I am worried that every little thing, I don't care about what, what is right and what is wrong about Agrisi, but you can't tell me that everything that he said at Zondo is, is totally wrong for us to be emotional and call him names and all of those things. Here's the point. Agrisi has not been found guilty by any court of law. He's still in the process. He has confessed to certain crimes that he has committed. He will serve his time if that time comes. Like many other people who have been uh, uh, fingered in, in, in the similar or even worse. But my plea to South Africans is that, can we not be judges without facts? Can we wait for the facts to be ventilated, proof to be presented, and then we can come with our views? But for me as KGM to come on air and claim or blame or point fingers as if I've got facts, I think we're missing a point, and that point is that we are failing ourselves as a people and as a country for an opportunity that is presented by this criminality that is exposed through the Zondo Commission for us to cleanse ourselves as a country. Lastly, Femi, mm-hmm. journalists, media. Mm. Um, I can't say, because I haven't seen, I haven't been there, I can't say journalists are paid or not. But for what it's worth, can we have some integrity of some sort? We need genuine people who advocate for the cleansing of our country. And this requires a collective of us as South Africans. I don't care about the color, pink, purple, black, white, whatever you call yourself. I'm a Bushman who grew up knowing that a human being is a human being. I got to know color later in my life. But for what it's worth, this country belongs to us. Can we cleanse ourselves with the truth and nothing else? Thank you, KGM. Melinda, do you want to respond to some of the, the um, points that he made? Oh, I just love him. <laughs> I think he's, he's probably the wisest person I've heard in a while. I think he made the most brilliant points. It is about trying to find, to get to the bottom of the truth and stop trying to, you know, the thing is like, pointing out our faults to each other, we're never going to get anywhere. If we keep on shooting the messengers, if we keep on shooting down people that are trying to tell the truth, our country will not be cleansed and we will not heal. I think the majority of South Africans are desperate for a new moral compass. I think that the Agritis and the Basasas and the Watsons and the Guptas and the the corruption in the anti, it's made all of us sick. We are trying to find our way back home as a country. And I believe that this 
um, that whether the, 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 the whistleblower is flawed or whatever, if there's an attempt to tell the truth and get to the bottom of it, it, can, uh, it should only be supported. I loved what your listener said. All right, let's go to the voice notes on 0614-104-107. Uh, good afternoon, Pamela. Snowman Matilan Kodindilbush Bakris. Pamela, to be honest with you, I, I don't know, man. I really believe everything, uh, you know, which is being said by Agris. Everything, every word of it. I believe it. With this government of the African National Congress, nothing is impossible. I believe it. With all my heart, I'm convinced that he's telling the truth. Thank you very much. Hi, Pamela. I'm just listening to to you and uh, the guest and the guy. The guy is trying to say, so if today uh, a crazy someone is trying to kill him, no one will try to kill him. No one wants him dead because they were all in it, all of them together. Now, when when she writes a book about him, it means we have now to sympathize because we have to find that without a crazy, we could never find the truth. No, a crazy was the worst because he's the one who enabled all these things. Without him doing these things, we wouldn't be there. So today we mustn't come and say somebody wants to kill him. He wants to do what happened to the to his boss by disappearing and say they were in an accident. He's gonna die and we're gonna find him somewhere also. Thank you. Melinda, just uh, my last question to you. What, what does Agriti want? What's his final wish? Melinda? Are you still there, Melinda? All right. Um, I think we've obviously lost Melinda Ferguson. She is the author and uh, the publisher of a book called Inside the Belly of the Beast, uh, written by Angelo Agritti. She had a conversation with Angelo in ICU a couple of days ago. Pictures were all over social media. Others saying those are bogus. And uh, she stands by it saying, no, no, he is critically ill. Um, he apparently is saying that he wants his uh, next day in the Zondo Commission to tell us more about what it is that went on in those uh, corruption negotiations and shenanigans. So we'll obviously keep our eyes on that story. But thank you so much to Melinda Ferguson, who gave us a little bit of some insight into that conversation that they had with Angelo Agritti a couple of days ago.